Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. My name is Lee Cadden, and I serve as host to this podcast and executive pastor here at Grace Auburn Church. Today, we're concluding a series of podcasts, conversations with our staff team, uh, beginning with my story as an introduction and as a way of setting up uh, this season and concluding today with my conversation with lead pastor Matt Dean and their story of beginning uh, ministry and life together as a young married couple, he and April here in Auburn in the early 2000s and the Lord's uh, sovereignty and gracious way of leading them around the world uh, where they have spent much of their life uh, given to the service of the local church in a variety of contexts. And so uh, maybe you're new to Grace Auburn or you've not yet had the chance to sit down and have a cup of coffee or a meal with Matt. I hope this conversation uh, encourages you. It sp- I hope it spurs you on. I hope it challenges you to think about how is your life being given over for the sake of the kingdom. Every time I hear Matt's story, I take away something unique, something new. As a, a brother to me for these many years, uh, his story is a gift just to think about, much less to have in conversation. And so um, I, I pray that as, his, as your lead pastor, if you are a member of this church, Uh, that this brings much encouragement to you wherever it is you find yourself listening to this podcast. You're listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast, and this is my conversation with Matt Dean. All right, we're back into conversations with our staff with uh, two questions we've asked over the course of this series. This final conversation uh, is with my good brother, Sir Matt Dean. Welcome, brother. Glad to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, like you're an honored, revered guest, brought in from afar. Um, these have been, for me personally, all of the conversations that we've had. And as, um, as we're recording this conversation, you're the last of all the recordings. Um, last but not least. Last but for sure not least. And we, and we will end this season with... Your story, your calling into vocational ministry, really, and, and I've tried to say this in a, in a variety of ways, but really the purpose of these conversations has been to introduce people who are maybe new to our church or who maybe haven't had a chance to sit down one-on-one with certain members of our staff team as if they were having a cup of coffee, to just hear their calling into ministry and how they got here, how they got not only into working for this church, but Really, where did that story begin? Who was there along the way? And so over the course of these conversations, I've tried to consistently ask two questions. And the first one was, hey, there was a moment, there was a day. For, for some of us, it was early on. For others of us, we were minding our own business when God said, hey, you're going to do this now. But there was a moment where we felt called by the Lord into vocational ministry. And so the question that I've been asking is, hey, who was there? Like, who were the voices whether you knew them or they were authors or they were friends, family members, wives, husbands, um, who was there saying, yes, like I see that in you. I know that's in you. I'm so glad the Lord has finally revealed that to you. Or even maybe in some situations, man, this is going to be hard, but yes, like this is right and good. So the first question is, who was there confirming the Lord's calling and then if you could do anything else in the world, and we could do anything else, but we've chosen and really been called into a work that we'd rather not do anything else. So that final question is, why in the world would you want to work 
for a church? So I'm going to ask you those two questions, and let's just start with the first one. Take us back to early days, far less white hair, <laughs> Matt Dean being called into vocational ministry. Just start there, and I'll, I, I'll try to keep us kind of heading in that I'm direction. Old? I'm not saying you're old. I'm saying you are grayer than you were then. Definitely. Okay. It began in February of 1996. Okay. And um, in a very real way, um, my college pastor from Montgomery had come over to Auburn to speak at a campus ministry, and he preached that evening on Christ being the center of your life. Mm. And though raised in a Christian home, uh, and though I would say I was a Christian before, when confronted with the reality is Christ the center of my life, it was most definitely, no, he is not. And I realized in that moment the weight of my own sin. I realized in that moment how I had taken Jesus for granted in many ways. And it was a twofold, wholehearted surrender to Christ again and a corresponding sense of I can only give my life to him. Mm. And so out of the brokenness of my own sin and rebellion and kind of independent living, so to speak, I realized that's not the way, that's not what the cross calls me to. Mm. Um, And then as I began to think, before that moment, I was set on being an attorney, and I'm so grateful for attorneys. That's what I thought my path would be. I was thinking pre-law, law school, attorney, and I had my own plans. But in that evening, in February of 96, all that went away, Mm. and in a very real way, God changed my heart and changed my desires, and uh, and it's all I knew to do. And yeah. so to the question of who was there, I called my parents mm. that evening, and my mom said, I've known this all along, mm. and I'm so grateful for what God has done in your life. And still to this day, she is one of my greatest encouragers. Yeah. And often on Sundays after church, I will call her, and she just continues to encourage me in that. But I called my parents that evening, and to my surprise, they were not surprised. (laughs) And the other important voice in my life on that evening was my college pastor, Mm -hmm. when he helped me navigate and discern not only my own brokenness in response to the gospel and a surrendered life, but in a very real way, he also affirmed that from his perspective, God was calling me into vocational ministry. That's so good. You would have made a fantastic lawyer. Um, I'm grateful you're not one. Personally, I think, and I think I can speak for so many of us that whether it had, whether it was then um, in the in the early days of ministry for you or people who are now a part of this body of believers at Grace Auburn Church, um, that is no offense to our lawyers who are listening because we love all of you dearly. But yeah. I think the Lord takes very good, honorable plans oftentimes and says, "Hey, nope, not good, not what I have." for you. Okay, so that's February of 96. You weren't quite 42 years old at that point. You were a much younger you then. And the Lord takes you on a journey, brings you to a place of starting a campus ministry. You get married to April. You guys are um, moving back to Auburn after seminary. And the work of beginning a college ministry here in town begins. Let's talk for just a few minutes so people, for people that don't know, how your journey to starting Grace Campus. Really, take us from start to finish with Grace Campus, yeah. and, and then we'll jump into the season after that after. So April and I got married in January of 02, and after our honeymoon, 
we got back to Auburn and started a campus ministry mm-hmm. down to filing 501c3 paperwork, hosting Bible studies uh, in our home. And out of those small group Bible studies, really a, a group, the group began to grow and grow and grow. And what used to be Bible studies turned into Bible studies that would meet weekly for worship together. Now, granted, I was 25, 26 years old and still in the process of completing seminary while in the process of renovating a house, while in the process of working two or three jobs to make ends meet, while also starting a campus ministry and raising support. All right, let's time out for just a minute. (laughs) I, I, I think people need to know, starting a campus ministry, what were your jobs? So to start a campus ministry... Um, in addition to all the paperwork and assembling a board and raising money, really at the end of the day, what it still looked like, and this is the basis of ministry, is people yeah. and the gospel. Yeah. And so we would host these Bible studies, and really our passion was to help college students understand their identity in Christ. Yeah. We were so passionate to get that message out that whether we earned a living or not, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to buy myself time with college students. So that included commuting to Montgomery to lay sod. Yes, it did. That included working at an outdoor retailer selling socks, which I (laughs) won an award, sales award, uh, for selling the most socks. And, um, but I was willing to do whatever it took to see the job through. And and I, I know that the Lord honored that because as April and I got married, as our ministry began to get momentum, there were other people that began to come around us Mm. Um, and and help us raise the support and team needed to get the job done. And so, yes. but ministry always came back to Jesus and people yes, in, in any form that we, we did. All right, so that's O2. Um, tell us the, uh, let's walk through the fall of 08 into 09. Sure. That journey of growing a campus ministry. I was in college at the time. We weren't friends yet knew a whole host of people that were involved with Grace Campus Ministries and the Lord very clearly burdening your heart for something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it began, honestly, that journey of our calling overseas began um, in 05 Mm -hmm. when I went on a trip to uh, Asia and uh, really sitting on a runway um, reading Romans and weeping in the airplane um, over... um, just the state of man outside of outside of Christ, and I knew in my heart at that moment that something was changing, but I didn't know how or what. And in the meantime, our ministry here is thriving. We we had all the momentum, and um, everything was going really, really well here in Auburn. And clearly seeing the Lord at work, while at the same time on the inside going, but there are people in places that don't see this, that don't know this, and I think Lord, you're calling me to help be a part of that elsewhere. Yeah. And yeah. so in the summer of 07, uh, April and I took a team uh, to serve in Hong Kong, and it was amazing for me, but really very difficult for her as a mother of a four-year-old and a two-year-old living in a college dorm room for six weeks. Oof. And it was just very difficult for us. I came back thinking, oh, this is it. We could do it. She came back thinking, I'm so glad we're home, and I never want to go do that again. Yeah. And a mentor really shared with me, if you think the Lord is calling the two of you to serve in Asia, don't say a word and Mm. wait. Mm. And don't bring it up, but wait. And if indeed you are called, 
it will be your patience in seeing God bring about his calling on her life too. And so for a year, I did not say a thing. Mm. And, um, and then she came to me roughly a year later and she said, I know that the Lord is calling us. And from the moment, from the moment that happened, it was like everything fell into place. Our house sold over the weekend. We began to make plans of shutting our thriving ministry in Auburn down and moving almost all of our staff team overseas. We saw story after story of God's provision, his faithfulness to confirm and provide what that path forward was going to be. And so in December, on December 8, 2008, was the last gathering called Encounter where we, it was the final encounter, so to speak. (laughs) And then in the spring of 09, we prepared as a team to move to Hong Kong. And then summer of 09, we moved. I think for people who weren't here then or for people who haven't had conversations with people that were involved with Encounter specifically, not necessarily even close to the Grace Campus leadership, but to brag on you when you wouldn't brag on you, I'll say that to have a campus ministry flourishing the way that it was. And I think we could go through long conversation about what is flourishing and how much was, how much, how much was healthy versus how much was people just coming because they, it's college students. And sometimes the college students go where college students are. The reality is you guys were leading a campus ministry that was well over 1500 people consistently on a weekly basis. And so the idea that the Lord would be calling you away from something that looked just incredibly successful had to be him. It had to, in a, in a hundred different ways, be the Lord's way of saying, hey, this was good and right and lives were changed, but this is the next step that I have for you. And so I think it's worth saying as someone who is your friend and works with you and alongside of you and has journeyed this church planting road, 98% of it with you, to just say what people don't know, I think, needs to be said that it would have been easy. It would have been, wait, let's just let's call a spade a spade. It would have been incredibly easier to stay here. Oh, yeah, all day. I mean, even I mean, moving to Asia, difficult in its own right. But moving to Asia amidst all of the success, against the growing celebrity, against the growing fame, the, the relationships with thriving churches all over the country that you could have taken steps into, to choose the way of ambiguity, of anonymity for the sake of the gospel, I think says so much about you and your family's character. But again, the thread for you was the most important women in your life at two different times, confirming a calling into vocational ministry, your mom, confirming a calling for you to go and your wife. Over and over again, the Lord saying, yes, your patience being honored in that. So you guys do. You shut Grace Campus Ministries stateside down. That ministry continues, and it's moving to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And that journey over the course, I'll let you just tell how, however much of the next, what is that, almost eight years of your ministry. Tell us, tell us the next almost decade before we get to Grace Auburn. In a word, humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think to move to Hong Kong with the, what I perceived to be, all of 
all that we needed. Yeah. An amazing team, um, financial provision, uh, a charitable organization that we started mm -hmm. in Hong Kong, which is no easy endeavor. All of that to be hit with the brick wall of an immigration department that politely declined our presence there. Um, for that, me, it that's was... That's such a nice way of saying it. Yes. Well, they're very <laughs> polite. But it was... For me, it was a leadership crisis because yeah. this team had come with us and I found myself unable to give any direction whatsoever from a legal standpoint. And so the 18 months that we were there in Hong Kong really did prove to be, for me, a dark night of the soul and mm. um, tough. But God was faithful even in that. And when, when we... Uh, when we knew we couldn't stay any longer and we moved back to the States, um, we were so graciously received and cared for by North Metro Church. And I was given an opportunity to um, serve alongside one of my closest friends as he led that church through a very challenging season as he stepped into a new role of leading that church. and. I learned so much about leadership and about humility and about not being in charge and not leading and serving on a team. And in the course of that, the Lord also blessed us mm. with Anna and Noel as we completed their adoption. But even when we went to China to complete their adoption, in my heart, I went thinking, could a family of seven yeah. make it in China? And our wholehearted conclusion was absolutely not. <laughs> April and I both were like, well, there's no way we could live as a family and serve as a family in China. And wouldn't you know, a year later, yeah. we were there. Yeah. And, um, and we found ourselves living in Northeast China, and I was serving as an English teacher, but everyone that knows me knows that teaching ESL is not my passion yeah. whatsoever, but I was willing to be an English teacher if that's what it took for me to have the opportunity. Yeah to share of what is most important to That's me, right. and that is knowing Jesus. And so our time serving in China um, as English teachers was uh, challenging, humbling, refining. It tested and uh, affirmed my theology in ways that only suffering, loneliness, isolation, and frustration can do. Mm. And as the situations um, began to change, it became clear that our family's time living in mainland China was going to come to an end. Um, I knew that I still had a heart to live in, in a large city um, where overwhelmingly the population uh, does not know Christ. Yeah. And so I was grateful to interview and be offered a pastor position at a church in Hong Kong. And I really thought that was it. I thought uh, that was in the spring of 2016. I thought, this is it. Okay, I, all these previous ministry experiences have converged, and now I can take my background and really press into leading a local congregation mm. with an international makeup. And I, I, we both thought this was where we would be for the next decade. And so we invested our lives accordingly only to discover nine months later, my employment visa was rejected. Mm. Um, and two weeks after that, we were on a plane back to America. A little bit less polite, that go around. Yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough exit, and I loved that congregation, um, mm. and and they loved me, but I, I it just I couldn't stay. Yeah, and so we landed um, here in Alabama, and 
In the course of that process, I knew I loved the Lord. I knew that to be a pastor is what God had called me and prepared me for. That's right. Uh, I just didn't know where and didn't know when. And as I interviewed in other places around America, I just really came back to, Lord, what is it that you want for us? And ultimately, we landed in Auburn, still not knowing 100% that planting a church in Auburn would be it, but we knew, okay, having been outside of our home culture, we knew Auburn, we had relationships here, we had uh, community here, and I knew Auburn still had a need for church planting as one of the fastest growing cities in our state. And so all those factors combined kind of set the table for us to begin our next chapter of life and ministry here. When you began Grace Campus Ministries, you made the statement that you were willing to do whatever it took, even if it meant selling socks, or let's not forget the oft-forgotten days of chefing for a local fraternity. I mean, just so many <laughs> different—like, the, the amount of whatever it took was real. Yeah. And then to move to China again with a whatever it takes, I will teach English to engineering students who have no interest in hearing anything I have to say about anything other than how to speak English. Yeah. That carried itself decade after decade into now this current experience in planting Grace Auburn. It carried over time after time after time with we're going to do whatever it takes to see this thing through. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the first conversations we had when you guys came back here in 2017 and our friendship was no longer long distance. (laughs) (laughs) That, that I knew then that even, even without the, what the language and working for another local church, having not been sent yet, I knew that you were willing to do whatever it took. And when I think about church planting, like when I look back on it, because I came into it, highly unaware of all that it was going to require of you and me. Yeah. Um, it truly has been marked by whatever it takes mindset. And we share that at membership meetings. We share that at dinners. We share that over coffees and lunches. And when we interview staff that are people who are interested in becoming a part of our staff, you know, you know, there, there's often at the bottom of a job description, you know, whatever else is asked of me by the senior pastor. And it's like, well, around here, like that's, that's not just a catch-all. That's a legitimate posture from the very top all the way to the most brand-new employee or even our most recently added member of we're going to be in this together. And so Grace Auburn has existed from its beginning days, meeting at Ross House and then Trinity Lutheran. And these days, as we're recording this podcast at 720 East Glen, and we'll continue into whatever season is next for us and beyond that long term, believing wholeheartedly that this is what is required of the people of God, whether we live in places that's hard or cold or, you know, completely against the gospel, or even in a place like Auburn, Alabama, that is still largely unreached or unchurched, at least in terms of the volume of people that worship. So, yes. More churches needed to be planted in places like Auburn. Um, but your experience, your life, your ministry, the things you've seen and done, it truly does warrant the, the question for you specifically. Is And maybe your question's a little bit unique that I've asked the rest of our staff. Uh, maybe we'll add this one in. Um, and you could you could take as, this as long or as short as you want, and I'm kind of shooting from the hip here with Matt, so just know that you're going to get what you get. Um, would you do it again? I would. 
would you do this again? Would you plant another church? Would you go back to 2017 not knowing what was next, and would you do it again? I would. I'm not asking what would you do different. That's in a completely yeah. different podcast series. No, I would, and here's, here's the reason why, is because through the process, I know Jesus more. Mm. So I would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, you're, so you've been a sock seller, a sod layer, an English teacher. Um, you have stood on stages that are far bigger than the stage we stand on most Sundays <laughs> right. currently. I mean, literally, you, you've spoken to thousands of people at one time. Why in the world would you want to work for this church? I think the best way to answer it is because that's what he's called me to do. Mm-hmm. And, but really... Um, Yes, I've stood on stages in front of thousands of people, but I've also taught English in front of 12. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the extremes of both have brought me to a place of going, Lord, I want to be faithful to you. Mm. I want to be faithful to proclaim who you are and what you have done. And I always want to be open if you want to bring more people. Yeah. But I'm not caught up in it. And so the first year of planting Grace Auburn, when 35 of us would gather on a Sunday evening, it was a thrill for me right. to just be able to worship with other believers, especially having worshiped in closed countries where worship looked completely different from a freedom and visibility standpoint. And so uh, why would I want to work for this church? It's because I truly love this church, mm. and I love the people of this church, and I love the DNA of this church, and I love how God has grown this church. And so to to work at Grace Auburn Church is both the convergence of all previous ministry experiences for better and for worse in a in a way that for me as a as a jar of clay or as a vessel mm. that God can use I know that in this season in my 40s that the man I am today um, is marked with a confidence in God mm. uh, a humility on my part because it's not up to me. Yeah. It's not about me, um, and a willingness on my part to hold it loosely. Yeah. And I often say, if God were to call me elsewhere, I would I would grieve that, not because I wouldn't be willing to go again or go again to a hard place, but because I truly love this church, and I love the season of life that God has given us mm. in this church. And I'm reminded of faithfulness over a long long season of life. And I just, I'll just share this, this quick story. Last Sunday, I was met in the lobby by a guy who I gave him a Bible in 1997. Wow. And he walks into the lobby and he goes, hey, do you remember me? And that was 26 years ago. Mm. And initially, I did not remember him. <laughs> and then he opened up the Bible and I immediately remembered him as I saw his name and then underneath that, to so-and-so from Matt Dean in the front page of his Bible that I gave to him in 1997. Yeah. And, and I go back to my friendship with him decades ago, and it's like that same heart to point people to Jesus yeah. is still my heart to this day. Yeah. And there are no perfect churches, there are no perfect pastors, and I'll be the first one to say that, but I love this church, yeah. and I love what God is doing here. We have, over the course of our friendship and our working together and planting Grace Auburn, we have had incredible 
high moments, mm-hmm. and we've had some really, really, really hard and painful moments. But you have faithfully and consistently, uh, you've had one phrase over and over again for me. And I, I think you say this to other people. I just, I, I always take it as you say this to me, and it's a reminder <laughs> for me um, that, hey, at the end of the day, we get to do this. And it truly is a gift and a joy to get to do this with you. Um, man, I, I think on behalf of this church, and I speak for this church, we're honored to have you as our pastor. Mm. And uh, it truly is a gift to have you in that position in our lives, but also to know that you are friend, brother, pastor, um, and, and so many other adjectives that we could use to describe you. So thank you for this time, for this interview, so many different directions we could have taken this conversation, but I really do think your heart for this church uh, is evident. So thank you, brother. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. On behalf of the Grace Auburn Church family, thank you for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. If you'd like more information about partnering with us and our mission or ways that you can get connected, please go to our website, graceauburn.church.